Now playing. Why so serious? What is the matrix? Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? No, oh, what's in the box? You like scary movies. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? Movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast Movie Reviews in 20 Cues. The show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by the most gingerous of all the princesses, Stacey Hurley. How are you, Stacey? I'm great, thanks, Sam. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, really? Yes. You're super excited about a Marvel movie? Yes. <laughs> the sudden realisation in those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> And my other co-host this week is Spanky. How are you, Spanky? Unexpectedly good. Unexpectedly good. Are you also super happy to be here, Spanky? I am super happy to not be where I was supposed to be. (laughs) Brief little insight into our personal lives. So yeah, as you, our dear listeners, can tell by the name of the podcast, we did the film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film from Sony in conjunction with Marvel. And yeah, if you're, I highly recommend seeing this film, but if you're not actually going to go see this film and want to play along anyway, Stacey's going to hit us with a plot from the movie. So Stacey Hurley, what is the plot of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? This isn't really a plot, but it kind of is a summary of the movie. So, but you've already said some of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What? Oh, do, have you read this? No, I haven't read it. Okay. The creative minds behind the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street bring their unique talents to a fresh vision of a Spider-Man universe, a different Spider-Man universe even, with a groundbreaking visual style that's the first of its kind. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse where more than one can wear the mask. Yeah, sums it up, basically. Yeah, so who yeah. should... So, who um, should we tell people what Spider Men we see in this movie? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's the original Peter Parker Spider Man. Yes, which is a Miles universe, as well as the one that's in the Earth 616, which is the main Marvel continuity. Yep. And there's Miles Morales. He turns yep. into Spider Man. Yep. Then there's Spider Man Noir. Yes, played by your favourite actor, Nicolas Cage. Yes, from the, from the 20s, I guess. 30s. 30s, yeah. okay. And there's Porky... Uh, oh, Porky to Porky. Porky Pig. <laughs> Spidey... Are we legally Sp- allowed to say this? <laughs> Spider-Ham. Spider-Ham. Porky Pig. It is Porky Pig, isn't it? No. Oh. Wow. Spider-Ham. It is. Yeah, come on. Played by Peter Porker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Peter Porker. There's old... Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stacy. <laughs> and the Spider-Gwen. anime... What's the anime one's name? Like the- Penny Parker. Penny Parker. It's like sort of Japanese animation Spider-Man. Continue. I, th- I thought that was it. No, there's a couple of other ones. Uh-oh. Who have I forgotten? Oh, you didn't, you didn't hang around for the post-credits. You didn't see Spider-Man 2099. Oh. Played by Oscar Isaac. No, I didn't. Oh, shit. I've just completely spoiled the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> there was also 1966 animated Spider-Man. We, we hung around for the post-credit, didn't we? Where they start yep, pointing at yep, each other. Yep. You're the one that's pointing. You're pointing. You're pointing. <laughs> So yeah, quite a few Spider-Men in this universe, uh, but we'll move on to the scores. Having a look at them now, IMDb have this rated 8.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, a whopping 97%, Metacritic 87%. But Spanky, what would you give this as a score out of 10,000 particle accelerators? Uh, 8,127 particle accelerators. That's a fuck ton of particle accelerators. What about you, Stacey Hurley? That is a lot, but I think you really do have to stick into that 8,000 8, modes. So I'm going with 8,256. 9234. 
That's your answer. Fuck yes. This is one of the best films of the year. Wow. Noticeably, this film is nominated for a Best Animated Film Award at the Oscars, and it's won a whole bunch of other awards. So yeah, these ratings pretty much reflect an awesome film that I highly recommend everyone go out and see. But we've got to move into the questions. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we ask 20 weird and wonderful questions about a movie. The first 10 questions are questions that we all answer. The next nine are three personal questions that we ask of the other two people. We then finish on one that we all answer as a nice way to round it up. And yeah, the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. And Spanky, why don't you lead us off? My first good thing is lots of cool bad guys. Kingpin's the main bad guy, but there's a lot of cool henchmen in there as well. I feel like uh, if you've got a whole bunch of really cool heroes, you've got to have uh, the counterpoint, which is the cool villains. So the bad thing, well, the bad thing was I didn't really know about it, to be honest. Like mm. almost no advertising, almost nothing. It was like a hearsay type of thing. Uh, if Sam hadn't have told me about this movie, I wouldn't have known anything. There was there were very, very little advertising for it, at least in the Solomon Islands. <clears throat> oh, no, even here, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it at all until we were sitting in the theatre, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the next good thing is uh, they use elements from multiple Spidey timelines. So if you're a Spider-Man fan, he's got heaps of like heaps of timelines and heaps of stuff going on in his realities. So it was really cool to see them all together on the same screen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, agreed. So for me, as um, I'm not really up with the old Spider-Man history, I thought the first good thing was it seemed like a new spin on a on the classic Spider-Man, like which I've seen a thousand times before with Peter Parker and whatnot. Uh, so that was that was cool. I was like, wow, finally, maybe this is where Star Wars could go. You know, if they actually had some balls and went there. Well, they do have a lot of animated Star Wars out there that you don't look that interested in checking out, by the way your face is turned. (laughs) No, but um, anyway, so the bad thing was, this is a double-edged sword for me because I love the graphics in in this um, first-of-its-kind animation. I did notice that it was quite different, but there were elements in the scene changes that were kind of almost looked like you needed 3D glasses. It was like, looked a little bit blurry. Yeah, um, I agreed with that. And the colours and things, and I kind of, for a second, every now and again, I thought, Oh, hang on a sec. Is that supposed to be out of focus? But again, um, it's probably just adapting to that new style. And that leads me to my final good thing is the graphics were so interesting. I, I've Again, we've never seen this kind of animation before and I don't really watch and like animated films. So I was impressed. For me, my first good thing is it had a very engaging storyline. Like, as you said, the Spider-Man story has been told a million times before. Even for me, who's familiar with the Marvel comics, it was kind of a little bit to be expected what the storyline was going to do, but I still really enjoyed it, and it still had a few, quite a few twists and turns along the way that were quite unexpected. I really struggled to find anything bad with this. I gave it such a high score, there's very few things that I could find bad with this. Maybe it wasn't long enough. There we go. I loved it so much, I wanted more. <laughs> Woo! How long was it? An hour 56, so it wasn't the usual 2 hours 15, 2 hours 30 that we used to with a... Nah. Marvel movie. Yeah, there we go. Not enough for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he was brilliant, and I do love me some Nicolas Cage. You're going to be surprised to hear me say that I agree with you. He was one of the best characters in this movie. <laughs> and then finally, the dialogue. There was a lot of exposition through dialogue, but it didn't seem forced. It didn't seem like your standard sort of action movie where you're having one character go on this massive rant and try to explain the, what's going on around them and try and help the audience fill in the gaps. You didn't have that. It was just fresh, organic dialogue especially between miles and his uncle and miles and his dad and stuff like that it actually felt like 
the people that wrote this actually understand how humans work as opposed to... And teenagers and the family dynamic and things, yeah. Exactly. So that's what I liked about it. And that moves us on to question number two, which is a Patreon question. That's right, for the princess sum of $5 a month, you can have a question put in our top 10. This is limited to five people and we've just two away from filling that up. And this one comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Phil Joynson. What would he like to know, Spanky? What item from this film would you definitely want or not want to be? For me, it's the spray can that Miles uses to do his amazing, awesome artwork in the subway. Oh, that's a good answer. That's a real good answer. I don't want to be the security guard's playlist that's got the bloody Spider-Man Christmas collection or whatever the hell it's on. And stuff <laughs> like. That guy clearly has no sort of taste of music. I don't want to be that devoid of taste of music. I don't want to be the doohickey thingy that they need to plug into the particle accelerator that gets like sort of taken all around and ultimately <laughs> smashed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. that was second on the list. Doomed ending there. Okay, question number three. What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film, Sam? How would I react if I came face to face with me? Another version of me. <laughs> and how like what would they be like? If five more me's showed up in different versions of female me, a pig version of me, some might argue I already am a pig version of me. <laughs> the fat lazy slob version of you yes. oh. <laughs> well maybe that's the, my deep philosophical the gym, the gym debate bunny? am I six versions of me am I six versions I of I think you are all combined I, you are, already are six versions um, six versions of spider sam <laughs> yeah. all chucked into one yeah Exactly. It's hard to to not uh, have a reality bending timeline and not mirrors on alternate realities. So I'm with I'm with Sam there. I I definitely thought about the possibility of alternate realities and if there was a, a version of my life that I could have possibly fucked up worse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! Yes, I think there is. Things could be way worse. Welcome to the suicide hotline. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to give you guys a chance to talk about someone who you really admire and respect, and that is Stanley. It was really amazing timing when we saw this film. It was only a week or so after Stanley had passed away, I believe, or something like that. It was quite close. It was the first movie we'd seen since he. Yes, that's correct. It was Passed away. So died, yeah. it seemed really surreal seeing him in an animated movie. It was, it was like it was pre-planned. It was like, well, Stanley's not here anymore to do this. So here's, here he is in this animated form. You know, yeah. it was quite eerie and surreal, I thought. But I thought it was really cool that he was referenced in the animated film. And then it, it made me wonder about the future movies. As we know, he always does his awesome cameos. That's not going to happen anymore. So do you think they're going to find a way to reference him and honour him in the films? Or do you think that simply by making Marvel movies, they are honouring his memory? I think they already are. But I also have heard that he was out in Atlanta for a couple of days when they were out filming like the Avengers movies and all that sort of stuff. So apparently he's actually filmed quite a few cameos for upcoming movies. So he might still be in Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home and the new Avengers movie. So he might still have cameos in that, but then after that he's done. Mm. Just as long as they don't carry Fisher him into the movie, you know, like, just as long <laughs> well, as like they don't... to do with the Star Wars. Just as long gonna, as yeah. they don't carry Fisher him into the movie, I'm cool with Stan mm. Lee being in, in more movies. Okay, so, so yeah, after those filmings are gone, yeah. that's really the question. Yeah. What do you think should happen then? 
It's tough. Yeah, I already think the films are an honour to his legacy. I don't think we need to start digitally putting him in there and recycling mm. old dialogue that he's used and stuff like that. I think it's a bit mm. weird. Well, we will see, won't we? That's true. Moves us on to question number four. Which character from the film just clearly needs to get laid? Well, it's pretty obvious. If you need to bend reality to bring your wife and, and son <laughs> back, you definitely ain't getting any... You definitely haven't moved on <laughs> and you definitely need to get laid, Kingpin. <laughs> Great answer. Okay. I'm going with Spider-Ham. He's just a complete loose unit. I'm wondering what's going on in his timeline. Therefore, I think he needs to get Doing it piggy style. Yeah. (laughs) You think he needs to go out and do some Peter Porking? Yeah, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Square for me, boy. We don't need to bring up the movie Deliverance, do we speak? No, no. Or the first episode of Black Mirror that <gasps> um, Spanky and I watched oh, together. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I almost didn't watch any more Black Mirror because yeah. of that one experience. Yeah, they should have maybe saved that for like later in the season. Yeah. I love how you was like, hey, Sam's watched this entire season. This must be good. Oh, we'll watch the first episode and see what it's like. Oh, it's the Prime Minister screwing a pig. <laughs> yeah, but not Spider-Ham. That's right. He was not, safe. Definitely yes. alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's the fat Peter Parker that hasn't got over the Mary Jane. No, I don't mean the marijuana. I mean his ex-girlfriend, Mary Jane, wife or whatever. He's got a bit schlubby. He's got a bit fat. And he's living in a apartment building, eating pizza and all that sort of stuff. I think yeah. he needs to go out and get laid. He's pretty furious by the time he meets Miles. Like The trailer makes it seem like they were like mates from the get-go and that they can train each other and shit like that. It's not like that at all. As soon as he arrives, he's like, you're on your own, kid. <laughs> yeah, but sad, yeah. nasty. Mattress on the floor, dead giveaway, eh, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> We're now on question number five, and oh, I can't wait for this question. What thing about this movie did you notice that you don't think other people may have immediately noticed? Can I take you on a journey? Sure. In 2010, in an episode of Community, Donald Glover, who was playing the character Troy Barnes, woke up wearing Spider-Man pyjamas, and the internet decided that he would be awesome as Spider-Man. Donald Glover fueled these things by saying, yeah, man, I'd love to play Spider-Man. Who wouldn't? Half the internet went crazy and was just like, there's no way that Spider-Man should be recast as black. The other half of the internet was like, this is amazing. This is probably going to be the best one ideas ever. Brian Michael Bendis, the comic book writer, then saw all the outcrying and support for a black Spider-Man and created the character Miles Morales for the ultimate Marvel editions. That character, Miles Morales, look and feel was based on Donald Glover, right? Wow, Let I me did not know that. Let me continue. <laughs> Donald Glover then loved the idea of the Spider-Man. He then voiced him in the animated cartoon TV series and has always talked about how he wanted to play him. In the film Spider-Man Homecoming, we see Donald Glover playing the uncle of Miles Morales. In fact, he even says, I've got a nephew that lives around here. Spider-Man shoots a web onto him, attaches him to a car. On the car, the license plate says UCM, something like that, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number one, which was the introduction of Miles Morales. So that was a little bit of trivia. Now, how this all links to this film, when Miles Morales goes to visit his uncle for the very first time, playing on a TV screen is Donald Glover getting up out of bed wearing the Spider-Man outfit that he wore in Community. They put that into this film <laughs> as a subtle shit. nod to where the character Miles Morales came from. That is Yeah, nuts. yeah, you're right. You're right. Most other people wouldn't have noticed that. <laughs> like, like no one, I think. But, shut up. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Mm. 
Anyway, the the thing that I noticed about this film that most other people wouldn't have, and I assume that most other people aren't Spider-Man geeks, uh, I went through my uh, Spider-Man stage, and it was that Miles' costume at times is a homage to an, another Spider-Man or another Spider character, which is the Scarlet Spider, which was uh, a clone of Peter Parker, and uh, it's probably in as equally as convoluted um, <laughs> uh, timeline cloning reality as a reality bent one. But yeah, this will come as no surprise to anyone. <laughs> But I did not notice anything in this movie that nobody else would have noticed. I just turned up and watched a movie and enjoyed it. There was a lot of colour, graphic, music, things going on. That was enough for me. <laughs> just, it's funny because you're, you're the one that normally comes out and is like, I oh, know. that girl's wearing a pair of Jimmy Choo's or something. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, Why'd I know. You, how did you notice that? Normally I do spot these things, but in this movie it was just so different. I was just visually stimulated the whole time and didn't really know what was happening. <laughs> oh, the question that broke Stacey. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have the Marvel history comic book background, so who notice these things? <laughs> Speaking about Patreons, this comes courtesy of one of our other favourite people in the world, Emily Higgins. She's the host of the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she compares two movies, one that people look at favourably and she thinks, meh, isn't as good as one that people look at a lot unfavourably. Awesome podcast, definitely check it out. I can't sing the praises of enough. It's one of the few podcasts that I tune in and listen to immediately after it's been released. What's her question? What would she like to know, Spanky? What film would be the best or the worst to watch as a double feature with this film? If we're going to stick with the animated theme and do a double header of animated films, I really only have one favourite animated film, and that's Finding Nemo. <laughs> so I don't know whether it's the best or worst double header, but um, why not? Mix it up. Totally different. Going out of the universe and into something else. Is that because you were also plucked from the ocean once and put in an Australian fishbowl? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing a real Dory and you don't remember what's happened five seconds before? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I'm going to give you an answer for both of them. The best film to watch with this would be the animated film Spirited Away, which is just one of the most amazing animated films in the world. And possibly, it's between these two as to what my favourite animated film would be. The worst though, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Holy shit, for everything crazy and amazingly original that they did in this story, that movie was just bollock. What do you got, Spanky? Um, I'm going with you, man. I'm going to double down again. And I'm going to go best Spider-Man Homecoming as the best Spider-Man movie, I reckon. And then... Any Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man it, it would be the worst, obviously, because they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Moves us on to what has become quickly one of the most fan-favourite questions. What quote from this film would be the worst to hear immediately after having sex? It's easy. It's double tap and release and go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cringy. Mine would be, this could not get any weirder right now. and mine would definitely be do you like my new toy it cost me a fortune but hey you can't take it with you can you (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) weird (laughs) okay spanky question number eight all right question number eight how would you incorporate nicholas cage into this movie damn it we sat down in the wrong order fuck stacy you were supposed to get this question Okay. It's a bit of a challenge to double up on the Nicolas Cage. I decided that Nicolas Cage would sell matches <laughs> to to Spider-Man Noir. That that would be how you would incorporate them. You'd have an, a cage-on-cage cage scene where Spider-Man Noir goes to a bodega or something and buys some matches <laughs> from the emo bodega owner who happens to be <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> My answer is quite similar to yours. It's that having Nicolas Cage 
appear as two characters in the same scene together. And I think we could do with like a, a female Spider-Woman noir. They could be... Are you wanting a cross-dressing cage? Is yeah. that what you're asking yeah. for? Yeah. If we're going to have a cross-dressing cage, it's better to be an animated format. <laughs> and just utilize, utilize his amazing voice range skills to do the voice for the female and the male version. What I went with is that I don't know if you guys noticed in this, but there was a lot of like film posters in Miles Morales' universe that was like slightly a little bit different. You know how they had the Coca-Cola sign, it was like slightly different, all that sort of stuff. And then there's films that was like Seth Rogen starring and Catch and Release and all these other like sort of weird, bizarre movies. I would have thought it was funny if they had like a Cage Palooza in which we discover that Nicolas Cage hasn't had the career he's had. He's had Tom Hanks's career. So it's like Nicolas Cage and Saving Private Ryan, Nicolas Cage and Castaway, <laughs> Nicolas Cage and Big. And so every single role that Tom Hanks got, Nicolas Cage actually had. That would have been my one. Whoa. whoa. That's just mind-blowing in itself. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like trying to absorb that right now. Yeah. Being like An alternate universe where Nick Cage had Tom Hanks' career. Forrest Gump, Nick whoa. Cage. Whoa. Exactly. <laughs> Philadelphia, Nick Cage. <laughs> Not to mention that you actually notice the posters on an animated teenager's bedroom wall in a movie. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm amazing or that the film's amazing? Well, you know, the film is amazing. We've already discussed that. <laughs> but yeah, woo, okay. Okay, question number nine. What two characters would you take with you on a crazy cross-country road trip? Legit, I want to take Prowler, Miles' uncle. He, mm-hmm. he seems mm-hmm. like one smooth motherfucker. And he also would be able to teach me how to do the... Hey, the shoulder. hey, the shoulder grab and the hey. It's not really a grab. That's creepy. He needs to really teach you. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> he really needs to teach me to be respectful towards yeah. women. That's what he needs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and in an alternate reality. Yeah, true. <laughs> very valid point. And the other one I want to take is uh, Catherine Hahn's character, Olivia Octavius, aka Doc Ock or Liv Octavius. Oh, yeah. I forgot about her. Yeah. yeah. She's, She's got so four cold. arms, so she'd come in real handy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well done. Plus she's also Catherine Hahn and Catherine Hahn is a legend. Yeah. I'm going with uh, the uncle as well, Prowler. Sam you, you nailed it. He's he's smooth. He's smooth. He's cool. He's got some moves. He gets up to a little bit of trouble. He you know, miles on the spray painting and stuff like that. He's got like a bit of a wild streak in him. So I'm going with Prowler. But my other one, and I am looking squarely at you when I say this as uh as Kingpin. I'm I'm used what? to I am used to, to hanging out with uh bald guys who uh You're stealing my answer for the next <laughs> <laughs> And plus he's got the hookups and the connections and he's he's obviously pining after some other woman, so he's like yeah. not gonna be competition. I'm just like, you know, he's, he's. I reckon Kingpin's probably. So you want to go on a trip with a guy that's sadder than you, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Because he's going to be a mopey dude the entire time. That's right, that. but we'll be in the VIP room. My wife and yeah. Nessa's son caught me killing people. I'm like, yeah, bro, bring us another bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label. <laughs> True, yeah. I'm going with some different characters. I think that it would be good to have a girl on the trip, so I'm going with Gwen Stacy. And then make things get weirder than they already would be is Spider-Ham. <laughs> you really like Spider-Ham? I do. 
Because he's so out of context in this movie. Like, he's so different to every other version of Spider-Man, every other character. Well, even weirder than Penny Parker, who has a little spider that lives inside a robot that fights through. Yeah, no, that's really, that is really cool. But he's just off the wall. It's like, what is he even doing here? You know? That might be my most controversial opinion. Straight out of Looney Tunes. Yeah, he's straight out of Looney Tunes, yeah. I'm more wanting to go on a Looney Tunes That's all, folks. Trip. Are we legally allowed to say that? <laughs> oh, are we Are we legally allowed to say straight out of Looney Tunes, isn't it? Straight out of Compton? We probably have to put that on a T-shirt now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that moves us on to question number 10, the last question of our all-play questions. It's an old question that's made a triumphant return to the podcast. How long would you guys survive in this movie's world? It's not really a killy world, you know, like killing and dead. Are you serious? Yeah, a lot yeah, of people yeah. die. Really? Yeah, like the original Peter Parker dies and... But he uh, comes back. All those but, people that die in that explosion when it fucking blows up half the town and... Yeah, I don't know. I still pick myself to survive in a cartoon world. Okay. I'm going for... <laughs> yes, I agree. I said forever because you can just go to alternate universes or something, you know, yeah. and just keep surviving. Well, Spangy's alluded to it. A big bald man fucking dies in this film, so I don't think I stand mm. much of a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about hunting out all the bald men in New York City and <laughs> killing them. <laughs> We're the most persecuted race in <laughs> history. Oh, God. I don't think you're legally allowed to say that. Yeah, no, bald most, lives matter. Yeah, bald lives matter. We are the most <laughs> persecuted race I'm clearly not being serious right now. <laughs> All right, that brings me on to my set of three personal questions. The first one is Spider-Man Noir's very unusual character, and he admits that sometimes he burns a match down to his fingertips just to feel something. What would be another option to feel something? I'll tell you what, I've felt something in the last week, twice. I play... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I probably found something more than twice in the last week, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, the other night at soccer, we were playing uh, soccer, surprisingly, and I was in goal, as usual, and uh, I took a soccer ball directly to the penis. And I went down like a sack of shit for about 30 <laughs> seconds, then got up back to my feet, and I have never played a game like that in my entire life. I was unstoppable after that. Oh, it brought you to life. It brought me to life. I got really angry, and I actually ended up getting player of the game because I then made about 10 <laughs> bullshit saves that I shouldn't have done because I was so fucked off. Wow. Yeah. So you just need to kick in the balls before every game then? That's exactly what Dory, who's been on the podcast, has now suggested. That he's going to give me a kick in the nuts before every game. I was going to go with something much more stylized. I thought uh, chili in the eye. You could just oh, carry Jesus. a little. You could just carry a little bit of like a little chili, and he yeah. could just rub it maybe oh. in and around his eye. And because he's noir, that you could have the chili could be red. Ah, yeah, yes. you know, so it would be like yep. part of the noir theme, and much more convenient than trying to carry a soccer ball around in your pocket. <laughs> Is that a chili fits in your pocket? So I'm yes. going with chili in the eye. Quite infamously, me and Spanky once went out for a meal at a local restaurant called Taste of Asia, at which I had a pad thai, and they put the chili on the side, and I picked up the chilli and sprinkled it over my food and then I went to the toilet and then rubbed my eye and then came back and sat down and then Spanky was like why are you crying I was like I'm burning in two different parts of my body right now this is fucking unreal <laughs> that's right that's a very good one Spanky I really applaud that one <laughs> and it wouldn't matter if his eyes went all bloodshot and red and he was crying because he's got the Spider-Man mask on Exactly. <laughs> so we've talked about what kind of spider people were in this movie. What other alternate spider people from other universes would you have liked to seen in this film? Spider-Ma'am. 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 Oh. Guess who that is? That's Aunt May. She's been bitten by a spider and now she's going around fucking shit up. Is this a real character? That's a real character. Oh, wow. Okay. Comics are weird, babe. Comics are really <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> yep. 
What about you, Spanky? Uh, me, I already mentioned this character once before, and it's uh, the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, because he ends up going bad and being good and all sorts of stuff, and he has like, quite a few uh, hard uh, issues in his head to relate to that character. I love it how you guys are keeping this so literal. Like You're not thinking of like country and western... Spider-Man or something, you or know, pirate like, Spider-Man or yeah, astronaut Spider-Man, yeah, so yeah. steampunk Spider-Man, or steampunk yeah. Spider-Man would be fucking cool. <laughs> Just something to think about. And my final question, question thirteen: What do you think would be the most embarrassing mode of transport to get dropped off at school or work in? I couldn't think of anything more embarrassing than being dropped off to at work by me, you, and a unicycle. <laughs> How would that even work? Riding on somebody's shoulders? <laughs> that wouldn't be embarrassing. That would be amazing if, uh, you could no, actually, be... if you could actually do that. Or just like piggybacked while on a unicycle? Yeah. So the most embarrassing car, in my opinion, uh, would be any car with a Make America Great Again bumper sticker on it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially look out of place in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are we going to fucking do? It's not our problem. Or probably <laughs> right side by side with Brexit. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Ooh. Okay. Good calls, guys. <laughs> right. Sam, that brings us on to your set of three questions. Yes, that moves me on to my set of questions. So in the film, Miles and Gwen, when they first meet Shella, have a few awkward encounters. You know, she comes up with a random new name. He, on the other hand, manages to stick his hand to the side of her hair and then pull half her hair out. (laughs) So I want to know, you guys, what has been your most uh, sort of awkward encounter that you've had while, you know, on a date or crushing on someone or something like that? I'm pretty sure that all of my interactions with females are awkward. (laughs) Hey, like I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, but what's your worst? What's my worst? Any time that I see a female that I like and I can't talk to her. <laughs> like, what about that time you woke up naked in a crate on the way to Indonesia? Yeah, I shouldn't have been crushing on that Indonesian elephant. <laughs> what? Yeah, just making up shit. So. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, actually, it was a little bit awkward the first night that I met you, Sam. Oh. I don't know if you remember. No. <laughs> we were just down at the local pub having a good time and stuff like that. <laughs> and then we run into this guy, Brazilian guy, who I'd been on a Tinder date with the week prior. <laughs> oh, I remember the little staunch standoff me and him had. Uh, yeah, that was a bit awkward. Didn't you then try and get one of your friends to try and go dance with him or something? Yeah, I'm like, oh, Lisa, why don't you talk to this guy and we'll just go over here. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It was awkward because it had been like an open-ended, like we'd left things open-ended. Like after that date, we'd oh, just yeah. kind of text and nothing had really happened. And you know how it is. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to be wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys at once. Oh. No, but no, that's oh, probably what that wasn't the case. But anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Sam didn't want me. <laughs> the Brazilian guy didn't want me either. Yeah, I wanted the Brazilian guy. <laughs> oh, I made it work. <laughs> now I can associate with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my next question. Which of the spider people in this film do you reckon uh, most likely uses their webbing for a bit of light bondage? I mean, it's too easy to go uh, Spider-Man noir, so I'm going to go Peter porker spider pig um because he's got like, i can like his looney to 
Burns thing, he can like pull like random stuff out of nowhere. Pulled and I, I could imagine him uh, pulling mm. uh, random like spanking devices out of thin air <laughs> and, and what have you. I imagine that uh, Peter Pork is, we'll put it this way, he's not vanilla. Yeah, no. yeah, I like that one. Well, I'm going with the easy answer then. Uh, Spider-Man Noir. Holy, he has some. He's got the best dialogue in this whole movie. He's got the weirdest, strange one-liners. He comes from left field in every scene that he's in. Yeah. So he's definitely into something. Yeah. I, I hear you, Stacey, but I'm. But the question says light bondage. I get the feeling like oh. sp- like 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 Spider Man Noirs maybe a little bit more heavy. I can feel a dungeon excessive bondage. You know what I mean? Like, and I, yeah. I feel a little bit more than that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> True. Good point. Good point, Spanky. Okay, so as we've touched on, this film was quite unique, quite original, quite uh, awesome to be honest. Like Marvel's done a whole bunch of other animated films before, but never anything quite like this. DC's done a ton of animated films that are pretty good but even still nothing tops this one so given the success it's had where it's made about 350 million worldwide what do you guys reckon should be next what marvel character would you like to see basically reinvented in this animation type off the back of the netflix series the punisher that and also that he's one of my favorite characters and that i think uh cartoons and animation can lend itself to being even darker than real life and even more surreal. I'm also picking a Netflix series and a specific, to start off with a specific season, I think Jessica Jones, specifically really? season one. Yeah, because, you know, the the bad thing we mentioned, the kind of blurry 3D graphic-y type thing, I thought it would really go well with her kind of alcoholism and the whole mind control Shit, and yeah. all of that. And they could just really amplify all of that and take it to the next level. The other thing too is like she supposedly can fly a little bit and stuff and yeah. something one of the best scenes I liked about this is when he's discovering his powers and he goes to that security guard's office and then he goes out on the side of the building and then he's like flipping all around and then smashes into yeah. a window and all that sort of shit yeah. that's the sort of stuff that you just can't see in normal films because the physics of it's like yeah. damn impossible it would be a CGI mess exactly and her, her strength as well yeah. she could nail a whole heap more stuff in an animated world I love <laughs> both of those answers I love both of them and that moves us on to Spanky's personal questions so uh, in the movie we find out that uh, Miles' uncle uh, happens to be one of the bad guys guys he ends up being the prowler so i want to know what's the weirdest thing you've found out about a close relative well my family's really um normal and <laughs> you're the black sheep hey <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the ginger sheep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's nothing really that's come out of the closet thus far, but who who knows <laughs> what will happen. But I'm just going to go with something that I could imagine is that my lovely Nana, who passed away a year ago, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it turned out that she was part of the royal family. She really? kind of what? yeah, she kind of thinks. There was a kind of on some level there that she <laughs> kind of thought that she was at that level. So yeah, aristocracy. Yeah, gotcha. out of out of just a fish out of water. <laughs> Talking about aristocracy, that was one of the craziest things I ever discovered about my grandma. See, my granddad died when he was fifty-two, and grandma would have been in her early fifties, and that's when she was like, "You know what? Fuck this! I'm going to go do my OE." So she packed up all the shit, moved to London, and as I discovered later, became a chef for a like a former Russian oligarch or aristocracy or something like that in their house in Kensington. 
Yeah. She was like living over there for a bit. In her 50s. That's amazing. I've got another thing I'm going to point out too is one of my great grandmas, we were going through all of her belongings and we found a, she used to work for the Kodak uh, Film Processing Factory talking about royal families. This is quite interesting. And one of them was photos of the entire royal family in Africa on a safari of a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of trophies. <laughs> Fucking right. bizarre. So my grandma, great grandma or whatever she was printed that and then kept the photos for herself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she ever planned to blackmail them. I don't know if she could foresee that uh, the world would take such an ugly view of hunting now, but yeah. Yeah, we'll just put them in the new idea or Woman's Weekly or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I am going to go sell them after this. All right, that moves us right along to my second question, question number 18. We've got a Spider-Man, we've got an Ant-Man, we've got, like, Hawkman in, in DC. Um, Black Widow. We've got a Black Widow. We've got all sorts of... Uh, Black Panther. We've got a Rhino and a Black Panther. and Vulture. And a, a, a Vulture, yeah. It sounds like we, we're not going to have very many options here for Wolverine. you guys <laughs> to invent your own uh, animal-based superhero for yourself, obviously. Catwoman. <laughs> for me, this one is easy. I did a quick Google to see which animals have superpowers because you know how Spider-Man sort of gets spider powers. And I noticed that the salamander has regenerative abilities. So I want to be Samalander. <laughs> Samalander <laughs> ding-dong. <laughs> Would you have a tail? Yeah, why right, not? Right. I'd, ha- I'd have regenerative abilities. So I'd be like Wolverine, but I'd also be like a salamander. Samalander ding-dong. And you don't move in like, you know, like you move like sideways by doing that sideways shuffly thing. I can if I want. Yeah, yeah. why not? Yeah, crawl up corners of fucking walls and shit. Yeah. What is a salamander? So like a lizard. Oh. Lizard. There's another lizard, lizard man. man. <laughs> well, there it is, a lizard. Yeah. But okay. yeah, salamander. That'd be me. Okay, I'm going with something I've never heard of. Hopefully, it doesn't exist, and that is a glowworm-based superhero. <laughs> Right. And there it is. There's the what the fuck moment of the podcast. Here is the rival to Squirrel Girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's Glowworm Girl. Yeah. Glowworm. So what do you do? At night time you bring brightness well, so that bad yeah. guys can find you. No, well you could team up with like Ant-Man and you could provide the lighting system for Ant-Man provide and the, the lighting <laughs> Yeah, glow, glow, by glowing. Maybe you could kill people with the brightness of your glow. Holy shit. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Like I'm going to join the Avengers. It, what are you going to do? I'm going to light their hallways. <laughs> no. I'm going to make sure everyone can make it to the toilet at night. <laughs> no, it's brighter. Quick, Dr. Doom's attacking, but I can't find my car keys. No, get in here, glowworm girl. <laughs> okay. Let there be light. Well, it's always the unassuming characters that turn, you know. Save the day. So. True. true. That is true. Squirrel Girl has notoriously beaten Thanos and Doctor Doom and Galactus or something like that. So you never know. You never know. <laughs> one last question from me. Question number 19. Name one thing that you would bend reality to bring back from the dead. Well, this was a really hard one. So I just kind of went with something because there's heaps of amazing people who could have made a real positive difference in the world throughout history, obviously. But I just went with someone who within my lifetime had probably the biggest impact when they died and that is Princess Diana. I think it would be cool just to bring her back and just to reunite with her family, like her sons, and see how they're going and all of that kind of thing. So for no real benefit to the rest of the world. but I feel like there's nice. like a Keeping Up With The Kardashians style reality show with with, with Princess Diana, Meghan Markle, and uh, Kate and Kate Middleton. <laughs> I have I have this feeling like they would have, they'd have something. Keeping like, Up With The Princesses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries. No, yeah. they're the way too classy for that. <laughs> you say that now. Zara as well, she'd be in there too. She's, yeah. 
Right. Uh, Gary, your turn, Sam. <laughs> well, I'm not necessarily going to bring back a person, but I like to believe that there is another universe out there in which the Marvel Netflix TV series is, is still going to continue. Rage Against the Machine never broke up. They're still putting out albums. That's what I want to bring back. A universe where all my favourite things. Hot Spicy Chicken is on a regular. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't tackling know. the big issues here. <laughs> tackling here. That's what I want to bring back. I want to bring back a Rage Against the Machine that never split up. That would probably be the, the ultimate one. No Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, nah, see, Bruce the, Lee. The thing is, like, you love all of them because they died so early. Yeah. You, you they, never... like they shone brightly, and yeah. that's why they're loved. Because I thought about that. I went through all of them. I was like, imagine what like Tupac would be like if he was still alive today. He'd be like Snoop Dogg. He'd be like... Just popping up in other people's shit. Yeah, it's me, Snoop Dizzy. It's Tupac, and I'm doing a David Attenborough. Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not for me. So I'd, yeah, I'd definitely, I'd bring back the band Rage Against the Machine. Right on. And maybe even my liver. <laughs> And that moves us down to the final question of the podcast, which is also a Patreon question. This question comes courtesy of Julio over at the Contrarians podcast. Now, when I talk about great podcasts, this one is definitely up there. These are an awesome podcast. The thing I love most about these guys is that they do the Contrarians Corner, which is a great way to start their podcast, where they look at the Rotten Tomatoes score and they basically argue for why that score is wrong. They give their real thoughts at the end. So, you know, there's a little bit of tongue in cheek when they do it, but I just love the show. And it's awesome that Julio's come on board to, yeah, sponsor a question in the show. So Julio wants to know, what is your guys' most controversial opinion about this film? That Miles Morales is the coolest Spider-Man. Ooh. I reckon he's cool. I reckon it's been over too long to not have like a, a cool urban superhero be recast as as black or ethnic and spider-man such a cool one based in new york city i reckon my most controversial opinion is miles morales is the coolest spider-man nice what about you Stace? i think that this could be nick cage's most likable performance how blasphemy (laughs) blasphemy exactly it's controversial you've seen face off how sympathetic we (laughs) con air yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm Castor yeah. Troy! Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, first of all, we didn't have to look at him. Second of all, we got the best lines out of all the characters were Spider-Man noir. He yeah. was funny, quirky, interesting. And he voiced him perfectly. Not over the top and not underdone either. Yeah, that is true. It's like, that wow, is- how did the director, the voice director, direct that performance? I do not know. That person deserves a medal. Well, they've legalised marijuana in California now, so I'm thinking that they <laughs> put Nicolas Cage for a wind tunnel that was pumping nothing but marijuana fumes directly into his lungs so that by the time he got into the thing, he's Sometimes I like to burn a match down to my fingertips. <laughs> That's a very good point, Stace. I've got a couple. A lot of the, the Marvel nerds hated the fact that Earth 616 Peter Parker was a fat, schlubby, useless dude. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. You know, we know the typical Peter Parker who's just like, you know, a bit sort of socially awkward around the ladies and but, you know, has wise quips and all that sort of stuff. We got we we've seen that a million times before. The fact they made on the schlubby loser was amazing. Peter Porker? Yeah, not for me. <laughs> That's controversial as well. A lot of people love Peter Porker. I was on the fence about that one. But my most controversial opinion by far is that this film should have been nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture. I absolutely wholeheartedly endorse the fact that it is nominated for animated film, but I reckon it should have been nominated for Best Picture as well. Roma got nominated for foreign film and Best Picture. There's no reason why an animated film can't get nominated for Best Picture. Up got nominated for Best Picture back in 2009. And there's a large number of films that are in that Best Picture that I would have taken out. Bohemian Rhapsody, I would have scrapped. (laughs) 
Maybe the Academy didn't know about Spider-Verse because they didn't see any advertising. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mm, yeah. yeah, there's not a deep philosophical and debate. didn't take them along. That's True. it. True. Shots in. Thanks point. for taking me along. That's no problem. And that takes us down to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us as we've gone through this amazing film. Is there anything that we've left out, guys, that you want to talk about? There probably is. Like, there's heaps in this movie, so I think just go and see it. Like, there's heaps of cool characters and interesting things, so I might have to rewatch it. Yeah, I'm definitely three thumbs up for this. This is, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, good for kids and good for adults. Yeah. Great if you've got a niece or a nephew yeah. or, or young yeah. children. Go and see it. It's, it's really good. It yeah. perfectly walks the line of, you know, like people die in this film and there's real circumstances. But so, you know, there's enough in there that if you're an adult, you can watch this and go, wow. But at the same time, like kids will watch this and be like, this is the tits, you know. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, that's it. Special shout out again to our wonderful Patreons, uh, Phil Joynston, Emily Higgins and Julio from The Contrarians. If you would like to check out their podcast, so I've got direct links to their websites below. Yeah, just another little side note, just another quick plug is uh, I was recently on a episode of the IMDb Journey podcast in which we did a, a film quiz between myself, Paul from the Countdown podcast, Billy from We Watch The Thing podcast and Dean from the IMDb Journey podcast. Great episode. We had a lot of fun. We also finished it off with a fantasy draft of our five films from the top 50 movies on the IMDb top 250 list, where obviously once you pick one, it's gone. So we, yeah, put together our lists on that. Amazingly tight lists. We'll not be surprised if we all each get 25% of the vote each. It's going to be a tough one to call but yeah definitely go and check out a, that there'll be a link below it's probably going to come out roughly the same time this episode and yeah definitely worth the listen if you want to hear how smart or dumb i am you know <laughs> flying the flag for new zealand against three australians go and check that out anyway that's thanks from me thanks from me thanks see ya